Podcast Answer Man, episode number 364. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi there, this is Ray Edwards from RayEdwards.com, and there's only one guy I trust to answer my questions about podcasting. And that is, of course, the podcast answer man, Cliff Ravenscraft. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right. It doesn't matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world that we live in or if you've been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. Oh my goodness, I am so glad to be back again today. Now, I want to let you know right here at the front of the show, what will I be covering? What topics do I have set out to discuss in today's episode? Well, first and foremost, I will talk about how I am taking my YouTube content to the next level, and I'll share with you two little interesting tidbits and details related to that. I'm also going to talk about the fact that some folks are saying that I'm breaking all the rules in podcasting. Anyway, I'll explain that and 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 give you some of my thoughts on it. We're going to talk about imposter syndrome. What is imposter syndrome? Do you suffer from it? And if so, how do you get past it? Well, that's going to be a topic today. I am going to tell you about my next level studio logo. That's right, my next level studio logo. And uh, I'll, I'll talk about, you know, why, why create a logo for something as, as, as simple as just the name of your studio space? I mean, come on, why would you do that? Um, and, and I'll explain my, my mindset behind that. And then, of course, I'm going to talk about how I'm taking my whiteboard to the next level. Yes, I, I, I mean it. When I actually say there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level, well, I'm taking my whiteboards to the next level, and that's going to be something I'm going to talk about in this episode also. Julie Loniker sent me an email about procrastinating on the launch of her podcast and what's been going on in her mind since she took my podcasting A to Z course and now what she's doing about it. And I think that it is going to be hopefully a motivational and encouraging, inspirational kind of email to share with you. And uh, also, just before I hit record today, before I came into the studio, I saw my email from a good friend of mine, and she wanted to say, hey, Cliff, can we talk for a little bit? Uh, I'm going to be doing a talk on the future of podcasting. I'd love to chit-chat with you and see what you think about the future of podcasting. And um, this person wrote and said, I I think it's probably going to be called online radio in the future, and and I'd love to discuss those kind of things with you. Anyway, I, I will respond to her very shortly uh, and uh, today, and and I will schedule a time to talk. But um, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to talk about that. I, I get interviewed a lot, and I ask, I get asked a lot, what do you see as the future of podcasting? And and uh, <laughs> and I'm just going to bring up my thoughts on whether or not I think it's going to be called online radio in the future. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about all of that. And also, the Ustream I, producer, uh, they, they 
guilted me into upgrading to a new version of the software and I'll share my experience with it and how I had to pay $199 to stream today. <laughs> All of that and more in this episode. But first, without pausing, I'm going to give you a long, awkward pause while I take a drink of water. There you go. So anyway, uh, we can knock out the opening script. I've already done that. So here we go. How am I taking my YouTube content to the next level? Well, last week, um, I made the decision, now that I have my studio in, in such a way that, well, first of all, if you don't know this already, I record Podcast Answer Man on Thursday afternoons at 2 p.m. Eastern time. I, and when I record Podcast Answer Man, I broadcast it live to the internet. And right now, as I'm broadcasting live, there's about 50 people watching the live stream. And there are 31 of those people who are actually logged in to the chat room and they're interacting with each other during the show. I kind of peek at there, you know, a little bit while I'm recording, but trying not to be distracted. And then after the show, I interact with them. But anyway, I do record this show every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern time and we do it live. And prior to being in the Next Level studio, which is where I'm broadcasting from today, uh, we were in the original gspn.tv world headquarters, which was basically, it used to be a corner in the living room in our basement, but then we put a wall up and it became officially my office slash studio in the old house, which was a little tiny box. And it had this plain blue kind of just really boring wall in the background and and it was, you know, it wasn't all that visually appealing and stuff like that. But now, you know, I have these big, huge, gigantic windows in my studio. I have, uh, a, a, you know, I, I do have that monitor I talked to about a couple of weeks ago, the 60-inch monitor. It's got my Next Level Studio logo up there. It looks pretty cool in the background. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's just more visually appealing. I think it's a little bit more impressive looking. And and I do believe there's some, some great value in having something that looks impressive to to go along with people to see it, it communicates in my mind some method of saying it, in, in some way it communicates this guy takes what he does seriously he, he he has invested in his craft he's invested in this uh it's more than just you know a guy sitting on his living room floor with a couple uh monitors sitting on an ottoman and on a coffee table and wires drawn all over the place and that's uh and by the way i'm speaking of me back in 2006 that photo you can see that over at uh podcastanswerman.com slash studio setup again that's podcastanswerman.com slash studio setup uh there's a picture of me and and several renditions of what my studio has looked like over the years the at least uh, since I got started in podcasting. But now I'm in the new... So ba basically, I'd always been recording. I'd always been broadcasting live on, on these live show days. And I just never really got around to hitting the record button. I had the ability forever to hit record and then publish these recordings to the internet, but I just chose not to. But now that I'm in this new space, last week for the very first time, I hit the record button right before I uh, recorded the show last week, episode number 363. And if you want to, you can see the, the behind the scenes look of what it looked like when I was recording last week's episode. If you go to podcastanswerman.com slash 363. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash 363. If you scroll down in the middle of the show notes page, you will see the embedded 
YouTube version of the video of my recording this where I was broadcasting it live. Now, what's interesting is there were, I think, two edits made or two places in last week's episode where I paused. And I'm not sure if I announced both of them in the show. And if I didn't, you would not have known that I paused. But the people who actually watched live actually got to see what I was doing in between those pauses or that break in the audio. And again, I was oftentimes if I don't tell you in the show that I'm pausing the recording, you will never know. And so the behind the scenes look, there are the people that have been watching live, they get to see what I have to go do to search for something that I'm looking for. You know, just different things like that. They'll see that I needed to take a drop, uh, take a, a break to clear my throat or take a drink of water or whatever the case may be. And uh, now, if you want to actually watch that, you can, I, I decided last week, I would, I would put the video, the unedited version of the video recording of what I was broadcasting, I'll put that out on YouTube. I decided to give it a shot. I put it out on my YouTube channel, made it public, and of course, all the subscribers that are subscribed to my YouTube channel, they got notices either via email or the next time they logged into YouTube, it says, hey, Cliff Ravenscraft's got something here. And I got a couple people, and when I say a couple, I mean like four or five people who says, wow, I'm so excited to see you show up in my YouTube feed. I live here. And all of those different things Uh, By the way, it says, uh, Christopher is in the chat room. He says, Cliff, I hate it when you say you're pausing or tell us you're drinking water, laughing out loud. That's fine, Christopher. I don't mind that. In fact, I'm pausing to read your (laughs) comment from what I was saying before so that I can actually say, that's cool that you hate that, but um, I'm going to continue to do it sometimes. By the way, I just took a drink of water. Uh, I'm sorry that you hate it, though. Anyway, moving on. So basically, I did have a few people, about four or five people, who says, this is where I live. I live on YouTube. I'd much prefer to watch you this way. I can see you on my big TV, and and this is really great. I hope that you'll do this every week. Well, I did it last week. I got some great feedback. It wasn't too much additional work, although it is additional work. Even any, any additional work is additional work. And so basically, I do have this big, huge honking file on my streaming computer, and I, I basically have to upload that to YouTube. And I want to take the notes and show notes and put that in there. And that's what I want to tell you. I took last week's show notes and put it on the comments of the video. And here's one thing that I do from time to time in my podcast show notes. And this is something that you can pull away as a tip for yourself, possibly if you think it's interesting. Now, what I'll do is I in my show notes, I break it down to the various different topics that I talk about. And oftentimes, and when I have more time, when I spend the time to do the notes that I, the way I want to, I will go in and say, you know, hey, first topic that I talked about was taking my YouTube content to the next level. And then what I'll do is I'll put this, you know, I'll put a little code on there in parentheses. It'll say zero zero colon zero three colon zero five, which means that started at three minutes and five seconds into the recording. Because remember, I did the whole opening of the show. I read my script, and then I told you all about what was going to be coming up, all the different topics, and then, boom, the first thing I want to talk about is how I'm taking my YouTube to the next level, and that starts right at this time. And I do, I try to do that for each of the segments. So breaking all the rules when I get to that place, I'll go in, and, and I actually have, you know, I have to do this after I've edited the file if I had to do any editing. If I had to edit anything out, that's when, you know, that's going to shift things. Now, here's the thing. I I have to actually get those timestamps in my show notes for my show notes of the audio file. 
And then I, last week, I copied all of that and then I brought that over to and pasted all that information into YouTube. And one of the things that I noticed was that when I pasted it in there, when I put colon, you know, you know, two numbers, or when I put parentheses, two numbers, colon, two numbers, colon, two numbers, and parentheses, that turned it into a hyperlink in the or in the in the uh, little notes section under the video, and it automatically turned it into hyperlinks. Now I know that you could, for the longest time, I knew that you could uh, create you you could share a video and tell you know you could put a little code in there or you can just enter in the box, start the video at this time, and then it'll give you a specific link. And when people sh- click on the link, it'll take them right to that uh, video or that portion. Um, there was a, pu- a couple people I know that would annotate their YouTube videos and you could annotate and put links to those various different timestamps. But in the show notes section or in the notes section for your YouTube video, if you do that in that code in parentheses, it automatically creates timestamps. So if you actually look at the notes under the video and you click on that, it takes you to that exact moment in the video. Now, the thing is, is last week there were differences in the timestamps that were in the show notes for the audio than there are in the video. So when I say there's additional work to make this happen, I actually have to go in and click on those links and then actually find where it is in the video. What's the timestamp for the video that's different? And then I go in. Now, I don't I don't have to do that. I don't have to put the timestamps in at all. But I do it because, well, it's just one extra thing that makes it that much easier to, to for people to click around to share and stuff like that. So here's the thing. I did it last week. I'm looking forward to doing it this week. I'm assuming that uh, Ustream is recording it just as well as it did last week. Now, last week I was not broadcasting in 720p. Instead, I was uh, broadcasting in 480p. Uh, So it wasn't quite high def. And I noticed, yeah, you know, it could look better. Uh, So this week I I decided to do something and I'll, I'll share that in a little bit. But anyway, so yeah. Timestamp. So I'm. I am last week and this week publishing the recording of the live stream unedited for my show notes, and I'm putting it out on my YouTube channel. Will I continue to do this? I don't know. Right now, I don't see any reason for me to stop. But yeah, I am going to do it today. Now I do see that um, some folks are talking about. Wow, they're. Uh, yeah, I've seen some choppy video today. So. Looks to me like uh, there might be a little bit of a choppy video. They're saying the audio is great in the chat room. And this is one thing that's good about the Ustream is that um, that the Ustream broadcaster, the Ustream producer, is recording this locally. So I will have a much better version of this. Um, yeah, yeah, they're saying the audio is coming in great, but the video is a tad choppy. Uh, and so a lot of people are experiencing some choppy audio. And I see the audio or the video, I'm sorry, choppy on the video. And I see that that's uh, choppy there as well. And it could be that I'm broadcasting in HD this week instead of 480p. But the thing is, is I have 10 mega or yeah, 10 megabits per second upload speeds. And I think this is only supposed to take up three megabits per second to be able to do this. So it should have been fine. But anyway, and so that's how I'm taking my YouTube content to the next level. I am going to start releasing these unless it becomes too much of a burden. Again, my priority in my content is my audio because that's where my audience is. You know, now if I ever get to the place where for whatever reason my YouTube videos are getting even half of what Podcast Answer Man downloads are for audio, 
then maybe I'll take it a little bit more seriously. And perhaps that will never happen unless I actually start, you know, maybe addressing the screen and start putting up visual aids to go along with it and, and, and start showing things to the camera and all of those different things. But then what I'm doing is I'm creating, I'm creating content for video, not for audio. And well, I'm a, I'm a huge audio guy. I think there are so many reasons why audio content is more accessible by more people. And, uh, you know, the, the no screen time required for this content is, is extremely important to me uh, for much of the content that I create. Now, I do create a lot of content for video, and I think that those are extremely valuable as well. Tutorials, screen tech, screencasts, and things that need to show vi- facial expression and and other visual aids, I think that there's content for that. But the audio podcast will always be, I think, something that's more accessible to pretty much everyone in the world. Anyway, so the next thing that I want to talk about is the fact that yesterday I was interviewed by David Jackson over at the School of Podcasting, and one of the things that he wanted to talk to me about is about some of the feedback that he had heard people saying about my most recent episodes of Podcast Answer Man. And he wanted to kind of get my side of the story about what some things are going on. And I'm sure if you go over to School of Podcasting, you'll be able to find that episode. I think it comes out on Monday. Anyway, um, one of the things that he said that he's heard people say, and it was probably when he says people, it was probably one person that said this to him. But somebody commented to him, it seems like, that said, you know, what's going on with Cliff Ravenscraft over there at Podcast Answer Man? He seems to be breaking all the rules. <laughs> and that just like that that phrase, that that whole comment, that whole everything really bugs me in a way that I'm like, what are you talking about? So so my, you know, as as David brought this up, you know, said, you know, casually said, you know, somebody said that, you know, close over there, he's breaking all the rules. What do you have to say about that? And my first question is like, who made these rules and uh, where can I find that list? Because as far as I know, there are no rules to podcasting. You know, are there rules for communication? There, Sure, there are best practices. There certainly are. There, there are best practices. There, there, there are things that will probably help you be you know, a little sound a little bit more professional help thing. There are certain guidelines that might help you, you know, stay more family friendly or there, there's all kinds of things, but, but there, but these are all best practices. These are all suggestions that, but when I hear rules, I hear these are the things that you should or should not do. And as far as I know, one of the reasons why I love podcasting so much is because be honest with you, I've, I've come to a place in where in my life where I'm sick of people shooting on me, you know, and, 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 I, and I say that very frankly. I, I do not like it when people shoot on me. Uh, you know, don't, I, that's, I'm going to get a t-shirt that says don't shoot on me because I do not t- like people telling me what I should or should not do. I like being able to make a decision for myself given some examples of why this may be a better route to go or this may be a reason why you want to avoid this present the evidence to me and say now choose for yourself but tell me you tell me it's a rule and you know what if by the way if there were rules to podcasting i probably would look for ways to break them i'm not fond of i'm not fond of rules to be honest with you I, I, I'm not. I, 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 I feel like I'm a little bit of a rebel. 
Um, you know, when I when I grew up, there were a couple things that that I was just told. I was taught there were things I was taught about money. There was things that I was taught about faith. There was things that I was taught about business. There were things that I was taught about what you should talk about and what you shouldn't talk about. All of those different things I was taught about. All these things you should do, shouldn't do, and and what I found is that a bunch of that just came from people who wanted to control who I am and what I and what I am and and how I interact with the world. And don't get me wrong, it's not like I'm I'm a cl- complete anarchist or stuff like that. I certainly, you know, tr- try to adhere to the rules of the road and 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 things that are meant for people's safety and 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 things like that. But I don't think that I'm going to uh cause tragic loss of life or endanger someone's life by, you know, having a 25 minute monologue at the front of my show when, you know, I feel like doing that. This is my podcast and there are no rules to it. And, and that's, you know, so anyway, I don't know who told David that, but, but yeah, if anybody ever tells you you're breaking the rules of podcasting, forget that. Just go with what feels good to you because oftentimes if you end up trying to adhere to somebody else's guidelines of what makes a great podcast, if it sucks the fun out of it, you'll eventually dry up, wither away, and die and pod fade like so many other people. There are no rules to podcasting, and if anybody else tells you otherwise, they're lying to you, and they're trying to control you. They're trying to manipulate you into creating content that they want you to create, and to that, my friends, and if you've got kids in the car, I'll give you about five seconds to turn to to just stop and finish listening to this later. But for those of you who don't have a podcast and you're trying to tell other people what to do with their podcast so that it becomes a little bit more enjoyable for you in your life, then here it goes. Five, four, three, two, one. Go to this website, getyourowndampodcast.com. There are no rules. All right, moving on. <laughs> okay. Imposter syndrome. This is something that I've heard a lot of people talking about over the last three to six months. It's not that I have never heard this before, but but I so much. I mean, th- there must be some influential podcasters or bloggers or some business coaches or something's going on or maybe a, a book that's recently re- released that's talked about imposter syndrome but man I'm hearing this phrase over and over again or maybe it, it maybe it's just the catchphrase of the entrepreneurial world right now uh, that that people are going to be talking about you know it's it's no longer paradigm shift today it's imposter sy- syndrome anyway imposter syndrome what is it Imposter syndrome, as I understand it, in the context that I've heard it, and I've certainly experienced it before, and to be honest with you, I still do, I still very much experience imposter syndrome whenever I try to do something new. But here's, what I, here's how I would describe imposter syndrome. It's when you set out to do something that you feel very passionate about, that you feel is missing in this world, or that you feel like, you know what, sure, there's other people talking about xyz but you really have an opinion of thing a message that you feel is important to share with the world but you have this you 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 get all excited about it but when it comes time to 
ship, when it comes time to deliver the message, when it comes time to create the content, when it comes time to hit the record button, to record the podcast episode, to put yourself on the line, to put yourself out in the public and open yourself to potential ridicule of those who could possibly leave you a one-star review and uh, negative written review in iTunes. when it comes that time, you say to yourself, it, it's, that, it's that, ne- that negative voice that says, who am I to do this? I mean, what, I mean, I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. I don't have the experience necessary. You know, I'm, I, th- you know what? I'm not speaking from years of experience like some of these other f- folks out there. You know, who am I? You know, people, are, are people going to listen to me? Are they, they going to think I'm a joke? You know, when I get in here, I'm, I know people, most of the people that I follow, they're so far down this path that, man, if I start talking about the things of where I'm at in my journey, people are going to be like, yeah, she's still talking about that. Or yeah, he's still going on about that. That is so beginner. That is so, and and there, it's that place where you're just paralyzed with fear of what other people might think about you, specifically those who are way beyond where you are. That that now now I could go on about what imposter syndrome is, but the reality is, by the way, they're out there. There somebody get that domain, and uh, Timothy's actually saying, "I'm sorry, you the domain is uh, already taken." <laughs> and and Steve Kern says that get your own damn podcast.com redirects the podcast answer man. Yes, it does. I purchased that domain quite some time ago. Anyway, that's funny. So um, yes. <laughs> I, I knew I knew people would would do it. So anyway, where was I? Oh, so yeah. So this whole imposter thing. I you know here's the thing. Here the, here is the thing. I have experienced imposter syndrome. When I created Podcast Answer Man, I suffered from imposter syndrome. When I chose the name Podcast Answer Man, who am I? A guy who's recorded podcasts for one year as a hobby and all of a sudden I'm the podcast answer man you know who am I to do that um you know and, and so I I had some of that when when I started this business and I quit my career in insurance you know I who am I to call myself consultant and coach who am I to charge people money when well I'm just doing what I love for a living I can't be charging people for doing things that I love you know this you know, I'm, I feel like an imposter, you know, when I started taking, you know, these one-on-one coaching calls and when I raised my rates, I felt like an imposter. Who am I to think that I'm worth $150 an hour? Who am I to think that I'm worth $300 per hour? When I started my course, who am I to charge, you know, the, you know, a thousand dollars for my course. And when I changed the rates to my course to 2000, who am I to charge $2,000 for this course? These things, when I when I set out my goal and say I want to start pu- public speaking, but not just at these conferences where anybody and everybody can can speak, where you know the, these these open you know unconferences where you know it doesn't matter who you are, what your experience is, anybody can talk. But um, who you know, I want to actually be a professional speaker. I want to be paid to speak. And then all of a sudden, people started inviting me to come to these events and paying me. And then who am I to get paid $10,000 for 45 minutes of speaking? Who am I to get paid $15,000 to speak at an event? Who am I 
to be listed as a keynote speaker? Who am I to be the director of podcasting for the for this amazing conference of uh, social media? Who am I? I suffer from imposter syndrome all the time. In fact, I'm a matter of fact, I'm, I've got a little imposter syndrome right now going on uh, with my first uh, upcoming uh, one day masterminds. Who am I to charge a thousand dollars per person per, for a, a one day event where people can come and get uh, to, to take one at least one area of their business to the next level? Who am I to charge that? Who am I to be the leader of that? And and oftentimes as an imposter, <laughs> you know, a few, you know, thinking as a, of myself as an imposter, I'm thinking, well, maybe I just invite somebody who I know that is more reputable than I, that is, you know, a little bit further along than I, and I can tag along with their credibility, and then that makes it okay for me, for me to charge, for me to do those things. That maybe, and 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 while if I need them, why can't they just do it, and and why don't I just stay at home? Why don't I just go back and crawl in a hole? and just do what everybody else in this world does, and that is survive. Well, my friends, let me just tell you, you do not have to feel that way. Because first of all, I will tell you right now, I know some of the people who, well, actually, I know a majority of you who listen to this show also follow many of my close and very personal friends who are way more successful than I am, uh, financially in online following and online influence and 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 they're much further along in their business and and they they've taken it to a level that at this point you know I just I I just look up to and I'm just in awe of what they do and and what they and how, what they accomplish in life but you know what I happen to have a benefit that I'm so grateful for and I know those people on a very close and personal level and I want to tell you right now I'm not going to name any names but I can tell you that there are five people that I could list their names and you would you would be shocked to hear that they also feel like an imposter whenever they try something new. And so for those of you who are getting ready to create your podcast and you just think, I just don't know, who, who am I to do this? Well, you're not alone in that. So the question for your is next, okay, this, this is what it is. We've talked about, what an imposter syndrome is, what what it is. We've talked about who experiences, we all do. And the next thing is, is what do we do about it? How do we get past it? Well, you just need to realize that you're not an imposter. You see, an imposter is somebody who is who is trying to put out a facade that says, I am more than who I am. I, I am somebody who has already accomplished something that you have not yet accomplished. See, when I when I set out for Podcast Answer Man, it, I, I remember very distinctly the first couple times I communicated my brand name to folks, and I said, guys, listen, let me tell you, um, I don't have all the answers to podcasting, but what I do have is such a love for podcasting that if I don't know the answer, and I think it's an important answer that needs to be found, I, I want to be a resource for folks to be able to find the answer because you know this is important enough for everyone to benefit from. And that's how I got started. And so I never came to this microphone saying, guys, I have climbed the mountain top. I've climbed to the mountaintop of this podcasting experience. I have done more in podcasting than anyone else has ever done. 
I have achieved more through podcasting. I'm the most, I've profited the most from podcasting. I've, I've created the most content. I've done all. No, all I've ever done from day one is saying, guys, this is who I am. This is where, what I've achieved so far. And this is where I hope to go into the future. And if that is interesting to you, then come follow me. And yes, I do say follow me. I am a leader. And, 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 and by the way, it still blows me away that people that lead me, that I consider them to be one of my leaders, to be one of my mentors, my advisors, it blows my mind to know that they actually follow me and actually say, you know what, I follow you too, Cliff. That blows my mind. But but the thing is, is I never set out to create a podcast that is going to be this great resource for those who are way beyond where I am. Instead, I created this resource and all the things that I create for those who are either right where I am in this journey and would like to hold somebody else's hand uh, to say, let's go through this together, or I created it for those who will come behind, who are much further behind in the journey, that they can actually help, you know, take some, you know, if we're going through this corn maze, I can tell you, don't go down that, don't go down that one. That one's a dead end. Yep. Don't go down that one. Come, come, go straight, turn left, turn right, turn right. Eventually, you'll get to where I am, and then we'll, we'll walk the rest of it together. That's, see, that's the approach that you should take with your podcast. And of course, I just should on you, didn't I? But this is, this is what I would recommend is that if you are suffering from imposter syndrome, I think the very first thing you could do if you just want to get it right on out, record episode number one and tide it, title it, I feel like an imposter. Let, you know what? I would, matter, I, I'd, I'd love to start a movement of people who would be willing to be so authentic behind a microphone that the it, it, that the very first podcast if you by the way if you have been wanting to create a podcast for the last any for more than 30 days for, actually no if you've been cre- wanting to create a podcast for more than 90 days and you have not yet recorded your first podcast because of imposter syndrome then i want to encourage you to try this release not episode 000 no, none of that. Release episode one. I feel like an imposter. And tell the world why you feel like you may not be qualified to produce the show that you're about ready to, that you are producing. And then get over yourself and move forward. And only share your experiences that you have had up to that point and, and share what you are learning along the way and of course, be willing to share the things that you hope to aspire to achieve. You're only an imposter if you go about lying about those things. That's when you're an imposter. So there you go. That's how you get over it. All right, next topic that I wanted to share with you is the Next Level Studio logo. So obviously, I shared in previous episodes that I have named the new space that I'm in right now. Uh, it is an office. It is a it is a studio, and it is also a training facility. Uh, and and I've been thinking I want to name this space. And of course, uh, the naming of this space really comes. Uh, it, it's a direct um, inspiration from my good friend Dan Miller, who has always called his space 
the sanctuary. And people always talk about, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I finally get to go visit the sanctuary. And it and it's just this place that it's 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 like a pilgrimage for people who follow Dan and his message. And I wanted something like that for my space here. You know, it's like I don't want to, you know, hey, I went to Cliff's new studio or hey, I went to Cliff's house. You know, I I wanted to have this place that has this official feel to it. And so, you know, I came up, you know, I went with all kinds of naming options and stuff like that. And there was just one one message or one actual uh, name that came up. I always talk about taking everything we do in life to the next level. So it's the next level studio, you know. So the next, so basically, when I start inviting people to come to an event that's live here in my space, it's like, hey, I want to invite you to come and spend a day at the next level studio. And in at the next level studio, what we are going to do in this one day event is we are going to we're going to try to help you find one thing in your personal or professional life. And we're going to help you take that to the next level. Come to the next level studio. That's what it's all about. And so it's it's just I, I love that messaging uh, message and I love that branding. And so it's the next level studio. This is where you can come to work things out. Um, so anyway. I, I, it's like, okay, now I have a name. And I was thinking, you know, I might have a little sign made up or something like that. And and so I went to my friend, Jenny, and um, Jenny Hampson. She does all of my artwork for my various projects. You can find out more information at podcastanswerman.com slash artwork. But don't be surprised if you have to wait two to six weeks before you work with her because she stays busy. But um, anyway... I said, Jenny, would you like to come up with a new logo for my new space? It's called the Next Level Studio. And she did come up with an awesome logo that I'm absolutely love, in love with. I will put it on uh, the, I'll, I'll include it in the show notes, the, the logo. If you just go to podcastanswerman.com slash 364, you'll be able to see it. You'll also see it in the background uh, on my big monitor if you actually click play on the YouTube video. So anyway, um, I, I have this amazing logo and and I immediately went to Cafe Press and bought myself some charcoal uh, t-shirts that actually will have the Next Level Studio logo on them. And I, I plan on wearing those when I'm in Dallas and 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 stuff like that. But I, I love this. I love the, the, the feel of the logo. I love the professional look of the logo. And I turned it into my back or my wallpaper on my desktops. And, it, you know, I'm, I'm just putting it all over the place. And I love having this logo. And why? so the question that I ask myself is, why a logo? Why, what, why would I go through the pain of having a logo made for just this studio space? And the reason is, is because I like to give something a, a feel of, you know, it's like it's one thing to name something, but to actually go through and and create something that even makes it look more official, more professional. It, it, it's kind of like the, you know, coming up with a name for your business and then actually registering it with the IRS. It makes it more real. It makes it more tangible in a way. And so it it, it, it really does help me wrap my mind around mentally in a, in a, in a unique way. And so, I, yeah, I, I love having a logo. It, it's not just, you know, raging egotism, although I'm sure that, you know, I like to have, you know, I've got a little bit of an ego myself, but, but it, it just, it actually helps add to the atmosphere. When I walk in 
And by the way, for those who are watching the live stream, I know that they're having some choppy video, but for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, I just turned on my screensaver, which I use a Mac, and I have this one which does this kind of mosaic look, and it kind of bounces pictures in and out and, and stuff like that. And I, I created an album, a folder on my um, computer that has nothing other than the the wallpaper that I use, which is a black background with this nice glowing blue next level studio. And when I walk into my studio, all of my monitors are just flipping through this mosaic of the logo in different various sizes. And it's absolutely hands down just awesome to walk into. And I, when I walk in here, I don't feel like I'm walking into my home office. I feel like I've just walked into a place of business that means business. And that's what I love. I, I love that about having a logo. And, and it's, it sounds crazy, but, you know, I do it. That's what I did. All right, next topic. Um, my new whiteboard, taking my whiteboard to the next level. Now, for me, one of the things, one of my greatest tools in my online business is actually writing things down on a whiteboard. I know it sounds crazy. I, 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 I'm a geek to the core. It's not like I'm a neophyte. I think that's the word that they use for people who are afraid of technology and all that other stuff. Um, by the way, J.R. Larhorn says, is the 60-inch LCD connected to the Mac as an extended display? It is. Uh, I have two Thunderbolt um, ports on the back. One powers a 23-inch uh, monitor, and the other one is going to HDMI into the 60-inch uh, LG TV. So, um, but anyway, what was I saying right before that? Hmm. Whiteboard. So one of the things that I, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm not somebody who's afraid of technology by any stretch of the imagination. But what I will tell you is that there are some things that, you know, just typing into a list, into a software program and tucking it away. It just doesn't do it for me, especially when I'm trying to be creative and free flowing with my thoughts. What am I going to do? How am I going to plan this out? Sometimes what I like to do is just write, Luddite, thank you. Um, uh, thank you so much, Laura McClellan, for, uh, yes, I'm not a Luddite. Anyway, the so um, what I do is I will start things out on a whiteboard. I'll, I'll just explode all over the place what's in my mind on a whiteboard. And then I will erase it and try to bring it into, um, I'll, I'll try to bring it into a little bit more of a structure and then once it's ready to be put into a list form or a, a formula form or, you know, whatever, then I take a picture of it and I will oftentimes bring that in and sometimes even recreate it in digital form and stuff like that. But a lot of things that I do start as something on the whiteboard. And one of the things that I like to put on my whiteboard is, and I'm, I'm going to turn around and look at the exact wording. It says, today's number one thing, and it has an arrow that points below it, and there's a box. And today, the number one thing that's the most important thing in my business today is Podcast Answer Man, episode number 364. If I don't do anything else today and I get this podcast produced and put online, I've done the most important thing today. That's one of the things that's on my whiteboard. It's something I can quickly turn behind me and I can see it any time of the day, all day. Other things that are written on my board right now, top priorities. Bullet point number one, closing keynote preparation for the podcast movement. 
Uh, number bullet point number two: one day mastermind events. I'm gonna. I'm actually thinking, and then in parentheses it says one here in Kentucky, and I'm thinking about doing a one day mastermind uh, event in uh, Dallas, Texas. While I'm in Dallas, I'm gonna be there an extra day, and I might offer the possibility to spend a day with a handful of people who would pay to come and have a one day mastermind uh, there in Dallas. Um, by the way, if you're interested in, and by the way, they're not inexpensive, there'll be a thousand dollars. Um, but if you are interested in either of those in Dallas or in here coming into the next level studio, uh, and a thousand dollar price tag is not, uh, something that completely turns you off, then go ahead and email me cliff at podcastanswerman.com and I'll put you on the list of people that will be the first that'll be notified once I get those sales pages up about the event. Because they will sell out quick. I, I do know that. I have several people that I'm connected with that have already reached out to me. And um, I have no doubt that I will sell them out. And they'll probably be list, limited to 10 people so uh, each. So anyway, the next one is one-off coaching calls. Uh, oh, no. One-off group coaching calls. So I've been doing these podcasting A to Z courses. Uh, I've done 17 of them now. And every week during those four-week courses, I did uh, group coaching calls. And I had a, a couple sessions back. People said, hey, Cliff, I'd love to just have some more of these calls. And uh, when I asked that particular session, that the, those who were on the live call, I said, if I pay it charged $150 to do exactly what this call is, would you pay it? They said, sign me up, sign me up, sign me up. And so I have an entire list of those. And that's just one. That, that was just the participants that were on the, that live call that day from one session of the 17 sessions. And there's over 300, and I just looked, 383 people who have graduated from podcasting A to Z. So I'm thinking about doing some one-off group coaching calls that are nothing more than just those calls. Um, I, I have on my bullet point list for top priorities, update my equipment page. Now that I'm in my new space, once I get this all cleaned up, I want to record a video that talks about my equipment and that will help for increase the number of sales that are coming in from people who are searching on Google and stuff like that. And I may even set up some Facebook advertising. Of course, that means I need to create a Facebook page. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Um, and then the last one on there is update tutorials. I got lots of tutorials and things that I want to update. So yes, that's what's on my whiteboard right now. But my whiteboards in my old studio, they were the, I had two of them hung on the wall right next to each other. And they were like two foot by three foot um, and, uh, you know, they, they were hung to the wall. Now, I've, I have this big, huge studio space and all this stuff. But, um, you know, I wanted something that I wanted a whiteboard that was a bit more impressive. So I bought a whiteboard that I remember seeing like in a school setting or uh, more more than likely where I would see these is when I w- went to big insurance companies and I did life insurance training, uh, sales training courses and stuff like that. I would see these big, massive whiteboards on this steel frame that had casters and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I want something like that. So for my new studio space, um, here in the Next Level Studio, I actually purchased a three foot, 3.3 foot by six foot double-sided whiteboard on a frame with caster so it can be mobile. But anyway, just imagine it's it's one it's it's more than 3 foot tall, 6 foot wide. Wow. I am so excited about my whiteboard. I can't even begin to tell you how important a whiteboard is to me. And if you want to see the exact whiteboard that I purchased, 
you can go to gspn.tv slash whiteboard. Again, that's gspn.tv slash whiteboard. That's the exact one that I purchased. I think it was like $300. And by the way, I purchased it. It came via FedEx and one side of it has this little dent or crease in it. Now, if I look at the side that's facing me right now, it looks absolutely perfect. But if I click the little thing and I flip it over to the other side, there's a little bit of a crease or a dent inside uh, in the middle of the other side of this. Now, I contacted the seller immediately and uh, I started off with the three-star review on iTunes and I said, I'll update this if this gets worked out and everything. Uh, and they contacted me immediately once I wrote to them and they said, listen, we, we apologize. There are two things we can do. We can offer you a 25% credit um, or if you'd like, we can send you a new one and um, you can sh- you'll have to ship the old one back, but we'll pay for the shipping. Uh, and so I said, you know what? I'd rather have both sides absolutely perfect as long as I can keep this one until the replacement comes and then ship back the other one then we'll be fine. And they said, yep, that's perfectly fine. And so they're shipping me out a new one and I don't have to put the whole frame together. I'll just pull the the board out of the new one, put this in there and wrap, you know, tape it back up. And, and as far as I know, FedEx will come out and pick it up at my home location here and, uh, and they'll give me a prepaid label to ship it back. So I do want to let you know that um, I am very happy with the board, but temporarily I'm going to have to have them replace the actual board itself because of one side. But Anyway, I'm still very excited about it, and if I didn't, originally, I didn't think about having the double-sided, but now that I have a double-sided, and you know, I, I got excited about having a double-sided, there are some things that I can think I can do in a training session where I can actually pre-do some things and, and have it all written up and, and stuff like that on this board, and then I can flip it over, and then in a training session, I can say, here are all these questions, and how do you do this, and how do you do this, and how do you do this, and the back of it's up against the wall, and then I pull it out a little bit, flip it over, and say, here's the answer. And and people can take pictures of it with their phones. And I, I just see all kinds of awesome stuff. So I'm really excited about the, the big whiteboard for both the training sessions and also just for my average, you know, brainstorming and mind dumping. And here's the what here's what's important to me right now today. Let's not worry and focus on anything else that comes up. Let's get these things done. And that's what a whiteboard does for me. And I love also that it's mobile, that it has these casters and I can roll it around if I want to. I can roll it right in front of my, in front of my desk and just stare at it. And, um, you know, if you're, don't knock it until you try it. That's all I got to say. All right. So Julie Loniker, I think that's how you pronounce her last name. If not, Julie, I really apologize. But Julie sent me this email. And I'm just going to read it to you. She says, hey, Cliff, how are you? I just want to let you know that I am really grateful for the podcasting A to Z training I received last year. My studio, let's see, I set up my studio in a lovely place in downtown Bozeman, Montana, in a space that's perfect for recording and interviewing people. I finally released my first few podcast episodes at Montana roadtripping.com guys go there montana roadtripping.com anyway she says even though i must be one of your last students to publish it's been over a year and i have published a po- and i haven't published a podcast until now it was worth the wait 
in your training, you're adamant that students find their passion, something that they love that they can't be that 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 they love that can be shared with others. Years ago, I did a ro- a travel show with a friend in our local market. She's talking about on the radio in Bozeman, Montana. It was a hit with the locals. We called it Montana Road Tripping. Both Dia and I had fun, and we were and we both had a passion for sharing great road trips across Montana. Our lives went in different directions as I left Montana to work with the relief, with a relief organization, so our show ended. I'm writing to tell you that we've restarted it, and I have published our first show with uh, episode with Montana Road Tripping since 2009. It's also my first published show since I was in your class in March of 2013. I couldn't have done it without your podcasting help and expertise Thank you so much, Cliff. Our show is posted at montanaroadtripping.com. All the best, Julie Loniker. Julie, congratulations on finally getting that out there. And yes, you were the final student uh, that I was hoping that would actually get out there and create some content from that session. Uh, but unfortunately, you are not the one who held out the longest. You're about uh, you're about a year and three months into it, year, almost a year and a half. But I have had somebody who took just under two years before they launched their first show. But uh, thankfully, I, I have a great track record that um, that's the longest it's ever taken somebody to launch their show. Uh, but yeah, I'm so glad. And, and, and folks, if you're listening to this, I want to tell you, I went to MontanaRoadTripping.com. I clicked play. And it is a fabulous show of two ladies, at least the episode that I listened to, two ladies talking about these amazing journeys across Montana and the, and the places they stop and, and the stories that they tell. It's, it's actually fun and made me want to go on a road trip in Montana. I'm not kidding you. So go check it out, montanaroadtripping.com. If nothing else, go there. Tell them you heard about them on Podcast Answer Man and give them some encouragement and say thank you for putting this show out to the world and, and sharing what you love with, with folks who, who might be interested in that same topic. Anyway, very cool. All right, next is what is the future of podcasting? We're at 53 minutes. We're good. So I got this email. I explained at the front of the show. And uh, somebody wants to talk to me about the future of podcasting. I get this question a lot. And recently I was asked this in an interview. And here's what I I, I say about the future of podcasting. I, I think the future of podcasting is the same today as I think it was in in 2005 when I first started podcasting. I knew it then and I still know it now that podcasting is going to one day be mainstream in, in a big way. And I'm talking about bigger than it is today, much bigger than it is today. And it's pretty darn huge today compared to what it was just a couple years ago. And and so the future of this, you know, the the how has have things changed since then? Podcasting is easier to consume today than it ever has been before because of all the smartphones and the the all the applications that make it so easy. Uh, you know, there are more and more web applications coming up for people to consume content, uh, podcast content. It, you know, it just it is just it has never been easier before. Podcast, you know, podcasting was really the techniky or tech geeky folks who really understood it. Very few non-technical people were able to get software that would allow them to subscribe to a podcast, then download those episodes, and then hook up a cable between whatever um, audio playing device that they had and sync the MP3 file over to the 
to their you know audio player and then take it with them wherever they wanted to go. Uh, those who were less technical pretty much were limited to saying, okay, I'm going to bookmark this website or hope that every every now and then when they post something on MySpace, yes, we're going back to 2006, uh, then, then I will hopefully be able to see that and, and I'll go and click play on their website. So today you don't have to do that. Today it's going to be, it's so easy. What do I see in the future of podcasting? One of the things I see is that in iOS 8, I talked about this uh, either like two weeks ago or maybe it was last week. Anyway, that uh, in the beta release of iOS 8 point or well, iOS 8, it looks like Apple's podcasts app is going to be pre-installed and unable to be deleted, which is literally going to put podcasting in the face of hundreds of millions of people. And I am not over exaggerating hundreds of millions of people will be forced to ask, what is a podcast? And I, I, I'm, I can't wait. All those people are going to Google it. What is a podcast? What are podcasts? All of those things. Those things are going to come up, hundreds of millions, and I believe there is going to be an onslaught of new wave of people who are going to discover podcasts for the very first time for that reason and that reason alone. And that's not the only thing that's going to happen. I think people are going to buy cars and their cars are going to have podcasts apps built into it. I know Stitcher Radio would love to call this online on-demand radio. I think they're wrong. Um, There's nothing about podcasts that is radio. If you do a, uh, just look in the dictionary of what radio is and, and podcasting is not radio. Uh, it, it, and, and podcasting, I think, is better than radio. In, in many ways, it is far superior. And, and actually, I think radio is an antiquated technology. Do I think that podcasting is going to usurp and completely kill radio? No. Just like television didn't kill radio, podcasting won't kill radio. What will kill radio eventually is when the people who grew up with radio die. You know, people like me, when I'm gone and stuff like that, my, I can tell you right now, my, my daughter, McKenna, uh, my son, Matt, they're never going to listen to the radio. Seriously? That is, that's just not going to happen. Um, not even satellite radio. I mean, it, it, everything's going to be on demand. And it's not going to be called radio because it's, it's not using radio signals. It's, it's not, it, it, is, it is going to be internet content. Will it be called podcasting? I think it will. I really do. I think that it will be called podcasting. Uh, and, and the reason why is because that is what it is. It, 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 it's just like people. There are people out there. Everybody who says whatever they say about the term podcasting, it, all of that crud that people say, everybody said the same thing about blogging, but you all know what a blog is today. I mean, your grandmother knows what a blog is today. I don't know very many people who don't know what a blog is. But back when I started my first online web journal in 1996, nobody knew what it was. And then when Blogger came about and we, we called them, by the way, we started out, uh, you know, the, us super early tech adopters, we called them our online web journals. And then we called them our web logs, web logs. And then we called them blogs only after Blogger came about. I'm sure a couple people use the term blog. And we all thought that was stupid. What, what kind of word is a blog? Blog. Ugh. 
you know, it, you know, shouldn't we, why should we call it this thing? We're online publications. We're online authors. We're on, we're, we're this, we're online journals. We're this, but stop calling it blog. And everybody kept fighting against blog, but today the term blog wins. And my friends, it is podcasting. That's all there is to it. And so I do think the future of podcasting is podcasting. And I think it's going to be more great, amazing, on-demand content that can be listened to anywhere you want. You can listen to anything you want, and you can listen to it any time you want. And of course, there will be more video in the future. I, 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 do, I, I see that as a future of podcasting. But I, I, I and, and by the way, video podcasting will never kill audio podcasting. And um, video podcasting will only, the, the shows that will take off are the ones who really invest very much into the quality of the production. And it is so, yes, I do remember Web Rings as well. Byron, Fry, uh, Byron Vance is asking or saying in the chat room. Uh, so, no, seriously, the, the deal here is, is that, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, it, it, there, anyway, podcasting. Pod, it will be podcasting in the future. So that's what I think. It, it, podcasting is going to be so mainstream that in... here. Here's the thing. The people today who don't know what it is in five years from now will. That It's that simple. Um, when satellite radio, you know, if, if satellite radio doesn't make it, uh, you know, may, I, I, here's one thing I think of. What's the future of XM radio? XM Sirius Satellite. What's the future there? I think the future is going to be beaming all of the cars' internet access so they can access their streaming radio, sure, their streaming music, their on-demand music, and podcasts. And I don't think, and I, I, I do not, I do not create radio. If you're listening to me on Stitcher right now, and I know some of you are, as a matter of fact, I know who several of you are. And that's cool with me. I, I love that you guys are listening. As long as you're listening to me, I, I think that's great. And if you didn't want to listen to me before, that's fine too. I'm okay with that. But here's what I can tell you. If you're listening to me on Stitcher, I don't care what Stitcher tells you, you are listening to a podcast. I am not online radio. That's it. I'm a podcast. All right. So yeah, there we go. And then you stream. Uh, basically, the last thing I'll share with you, let me go ahead and play this music because I'm already over an hour. I will click this button right here. Anyway, you stream today. Um, and, and you know what? I just now realized, ugh, man, I can't believe I did that. Um, I've been using this you, you know, free Ustream producer for, gosh, forever. And um, today I decided, you know what? I have all this upload speed. And of course, it is still kind of choppy. I see that it's significantly choppy on the stream out there. Uh, but for whatever reason, I have amazing bandwidth here in the studio. I have 10 gigabits per second upload speed, or 10 gigabits, 10, one, 10 megabits per second upload speed. I should only require about three to go up, but for whatever reason, um, it's it's it is a little crazy over there. I'm hoping that the original recording is not so bad. They're telling me the audio is perfectly fine. But um, anyway, I upgraded so that I upgraded. I found myself prompted when I uploaded or I updated the software to the latest version. And then I got this thing that says, I'm sorry, you can't broadcast in HD. You can't broadcast. It gave me this watermark and stuff like that. But I just realized, 
the only reason I got a watermark and I got that this is a t- test or whatever is because I was broadcasting in 720p. But I think that if I would have actually brought it down to 480p like I did last week, it would have broadcasted just fine for free. And I was so late getting into the studio this morning for Family from the Heart that I thought that they just stopped giving Ustream away for free. And I now know that it's not true. You can still get the Ustream producer for free. And you can I'm pretty sure you can still use the 480p option and broadcast without it costing you a single penny. But for whatever reason, I thought, well, maybe they just got away from the free model. And it says the cheapest license you can buy is $199. So I bought it. And so now I have this. And well, anyway, that's what it is. So it cost me $199 for the software. I'm I'm hoping it lasts for a long time before they update it to something else. But um, anyway, I'm supposedly um, broadcasting in HD. I can see a beautiful looking stream. But uh, again, very choppy video. So I have to maybe troubleshoot that some other time. But uh, that's my experience. These, my friends, are the things that I have experienced personally. These are the things that I am learning today. And as I experience them and learn them, and when I share the things that I want to do in the future, that's all I got to offer you. And my friends, I do not feel like an imposter because I am who I am. And I bring that all to you guys authentically, transparently. And that, my friends, is the content that I love to create. And I know many of you enjoy Not all of you, but many of you enjoy. God bless you all. I encourage you, each and every one of you, to take everything you do to the next level. It's a man.